Hello! Welcome to the Tabletop Call-In Show. It is January 24th, 2022. The first month of the year is nearly over. But not fully over, because it's the 24th. We've still got a whole week. This is the Tabletop Call-In Show, where you call in to chat with us about games. Why would you do that? Who are we? I'm Adam Bell. I make games. I like to play games. Uh, find me on Twitter at Adam e. Bell. Find those games at adamybell.games. I've got a game coming to Kickstarter tomorrow, which is a whole thing. We'll talk about it in a second, I'm sure. Jeremy, introduce yourself. Tell the fine people who you are or whatever else you want to chat about. <laughs> what a lead-in. Thank you so much, Adam, for wow. uh, giving me full respect on the show. Hi, my name is Jeremy. Page. You can find me at Jimmy H5 over on Twitter. You can listen to the Draw Your Dice podcast, which is found on any podcast distributor uh, out there. You can also follow at Draw Your Dice Pod for when new episodes get uploaded uh, every. Hang on, I don't know if they can hear you. Oh, good. Oh, it's because I'm a fool. Minimum respect. Oh wow! Well, I just I just realized that I just don't I don't even have my headphones on. Oh my god! <laughs> we'll be hey we'll be right back here, Jeremy. I'm gonna switch it to the audio so they can hear you, okay. and then I'm gonna run to find my headphones. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, they should be Hello. able to hear you now. I'm muting myself. Heard heard. Hello, everyone. Can you hear us? Can you hear us out there in internet land? Me specifically. Can you hear me specifically? Give me some juice. Give me some. Give me the juice nation emote if you can hear me. I got a huzzah from Eli. I'm super quiet and robotic. Hey, bit better. Bit better, better. Juice nation emote. Remember that I'm lagging behind seven seconds of what's actually happening in the stream. So that's why I'm responding at this exact time. Uh, Adam went to go get his headphones. Uh, so I'll reintroduce myself in case this is your first time listening. Uh, my name is Jeremy Gage. You can find me at JeremyGage5 over on Twitter. I'm the host of the Draw Your Dice podcast, which is a show that interviews indie game designers, such as Adam and many others who you'll find in the chat now uh, you can also listen to uh, you can follow the at draw your dice pod over on twitter to get updates of when new episodes release every saturday morning unless something else changes uh, per your time zone and yeah if you didn't hear adam's intro uh, adam has a game coming to kickstarter tomorrow legend has it uh, which will be amazing you should go and do a quick follow right now while watching this stream just so you're you know up to date on everything that's going on with adam and yeah we're back to normal now everything everything's yeah. fine <laughs> yeah we're here solution recovered just completely forgot that i wear headphones for the show and not when i'm on discord otherwise um but yeah we are here uh great phil jeremy i'm sure it was wonderful um, yeah, I've got a Kickstarter coming tomorrow. How about that? You believe that? How about it is that? a four little game that I've talked about on this show before called Legend Has It. Uh, it's launching tomorrow. It's going to be a good time. You can go to kickstarter.atomybell.games to, you know, uh, find it if you're listening to this tomorrow or to follow it 
and get an email from our good friends at Kickstarter if you, you know, you get it. You've backed a Kickstarter before, probably, if you're so deep into the tabletop world that you're watching this show. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I'm excited about it. You want to know a secret? That uh, I won't, I'm going to pretend that this happens later, but uh, so that I can post an unboxing video as the as like the first update. But the first proof copy scheduled to arrive today. It's on, it's on its way. Although I'm going to pretend like it arrived on like Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this. Just got this. You believe that? Um, yeah, uh, so that'll be cool. That's very exciting, uh, because I feel like I've probably talked about it on here as well in the past, but like grasping nettles took way too long to make and Mm -hmm. legend has it is finished before I'm even launching. So that's, that just really feels nice. Yeah. (laughs) Just a real load off. Fulfillment Um, from the rip, dude. mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of me. Nearly 11 and a half months after it, I'm spending like my whole weekend just folding zines, <laughs> which is a whole, it's nice. I've been watching way too much TV because that's what you got to do to fold paper over and over and over again. <sighs> what have you been up to, Ooh, Jeremy? Okay. Hmm? Uh, what? I, well, first of all, a uh, floating chair wants to see the proof copy. Oh, no, no, it's arriving today. No, I know. <laughs> come, I'm come just on saying now. the people are hungry for it. <laughs> uh, no, I've been watching dogs, sitting dogs, uh, sitting dogs at my house. Uh, and I've been working on Umbral Dive. Uh, it's in quick, it's going to be in quick start mode, hopefully ready for hot seat time. Uh, which no one knows about yet, but hot seat mm. time. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll talk uh, about that, I think, at the end of the show. We'll tease that. Yeah, we'll tease that. But, yeah, Umbral Dive's coming along. I just uh, need to fine-tune the sort of resolution-ish system uh, and do all of the tactics board design, and then it'll be good to go for, like, a combat, like, to run a dungeon or something like that. Mm. A dungeon. Oh, yeah. A dive. Oh, an umbral yeah. dive. <laughs> wow. Roll credits, out. dude. I figured it all out. Um, yeah. Cool. I played this past week. I pl- I'd had an exciting tabletop moment, mm-hmm. which is I played a game of Follow. Uh, if you've never played Follow by Ben Robbins, it is a fun little GMless game where you go on an adventure. But it, I played it in a world that was created from a game of Grasping Nettles. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so it was a third the third session of this emerging campaign that I'm doing with um, some some friends online, and like the Grasping Nettles thing was where the world we're making is like what if when they went to the moon they stayed there. And then, so, like, the first generation that we played was, like, in the 70s of this moon colony mm-hmm. being set up. And there's, like, U.S. people there. There's Soviet people there. And then we did the generation skip to 100 years in the future to see, like, this bustling moon city. Mm-hmm. And then from there, 
we we also had learned at some point that there was some weird mineral on the moon that uh, extends people's lives, which was immediately snatched up by uh, rich people and exhausted. And so then they learned that there was more of this mineral on the moon Eurydome of Jupiter. And we learned that from like a glimpse in Grasping Nettles, which is, if you're not familiar with the game, that is like uh, a glimpse is when you look outside the community that the game's focused on and, and learn about it. And so somebody was like, there's a glimpse of this sh- secret ship that's heading to Eurydome to like get the stuff first. Uh, and that, and like the last sentence of that glimpse was that there was like a traitor from another faction on board. And we were like, we got to play this. We got to do, <laughs> we got to do this, this whole game. And it was just really fun. Um, because with the secret trader, we did a thing where we drew cards at the very beginning mm-hmm. to see which player's character was going to be the trader. I was just, it was just really good. It's very good moments in that. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> Yay! And then you just can link that into like a game of legend has it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We link it into something. I think yeah. we do have a game of blades in the dark scheduled. Cause there's, uh, we did, as part of the grasping nettles, there were elections for the mm-hmm. first moon president and like a weird fascist guy one. Uh, and oh, there, people are trying to assassinate him. So we're going to play a game of blades to see if the assassination <laughs> works. I love that. That um, I was doing uh, as I'm doing research in Umbral Dive and thinking about like what kind of game I want to make. I think that I am interested in systems uh or i'm sorry i'm interested interested in multi-system games and what i mean by that like for for like umbral dive there's going to be player facing combat there's going to be gm facing combat there's going to be uh then you have the stuff like what does overworld or macro level relationship play or faction play look like campaign play what does micro level RP look like? And I think it'd be, I think that we can give players more credit instead of like designing a D20 system that feeds all the way through the whole game, but doesn't like feel the same as everything else. Like engaging in a conversation doesn't necessarily have to feel like engaging in combat. So why do we use the same tools that we use for combat for social interactions? So I think, uh, I think I'm interested in like developing a system for each mode of play yeah. in Umbral Dive. Yeah, so like kind of have this uh, this concept of what I'm doing. Like Grasping Nettles doesn't, there's no way to do an adventure. So mm-hmm. we played Follow. But like baking that sort of thing directly into your game where it's like, oh, if you're doing an adventure, go to the adventure rules. They're way different. But yeah, like yeah. cohesive in some way. Um, yeah. No, that's rad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, multi-mechanic games. We have Will, a caller. Yeah, Will is asking if it's a call-in day or a listen day. I said, Colin, uh, if so, what's the topic? I don't think we have one, but we can find out what the first call is about because Discord user and friend of the show, Adira, is in the call queue. So I'm going to bring Adira to the show now. Hello. Thanks for calling the Tabletop Colin Show. Hello. How's it going? Uh, good. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. Hey. <laughs> Jeremy gets a big thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Sweet. Cool. Okay. So you were talking about like multi-phase 
gameplay, right? With like multiple mechanics for different sort of modes of play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, there's like an interesting push and pull with that in like a lot of current design stuff where people are like, some of the like complaints for certain games is like, oh, well, these mechanics for this part of the game are so divorced for the, from this mechanics from that part of the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. like think about a lot of like the complaints around uh, non-combat mechanics in like D&D, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, uh, I don't know. I think that's interesting. They had some to chew on. I don't got much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying like people complain when, when the mechanics are too divorced? Sometimes. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, like I, I have, uh, had a number of ideas around various like multi plays gameplay things where it's like, all right, your character sheet, when you're doing this style of gameplay, you do this, and then you like flip it over. Now you've got a yeah. different character sheet that's for this other sort of style of gameplay and things like that. Um, uh, that uh, people seem a little bit like frustrated by that at certain points, because it's like, oh, I've got to learn multiple games, I've got to do all these sorts of different things. Um, something that, that, that seems to like help it i found is if you sort of more explicitly state it not it's like different phases of one game but it's multiple games that i'll share that are just all live in one book you know mm-hmm. or like and they're all... supposed to play like in concert with each other but like being up front that yeah this is basically multiple games yeah yeah like 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 having a book that's like all right here's this setting and uh uh here are uh here's this whole big massive setting with all these different things you can do. And here's some rules for doing this thing in this setting. And here's some rules for doing that thing in the setting. And you could play a game. That's just that thing, right? Like, like mm-hmm. you can play grasping nettles without having to go on an adventure. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and so, but just like encouraging people to like, no, you can branch off and play these multiple games that all exist in this sort of shared thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, seemed to be a thing that made, people more interested um because like a lot of times talking to people who are like newer to games and whatnot uh it's hard to get them to learn one game and then if you go well but this game has seven different rules <laughs> this game has go, seven oh. games <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah you, it's like if you go up if you go up front like hey we could play this game here and They've got extra rules for doing this other game, but we'd have to learn that other game, right? Uh, and then the other person goes, "Oh yeah, no, I totally get that. Yeah, sure, I'll I'll, I'll learn those rules. I'm I'm invested now." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everything should be like Traveler, but simpler. Um, <laughs> uh, I was thinking like <laughs> I was thinking research. like GURPS, or at least like my understanding of GURPS, where there's <laughs> sixty-five billion different uh, like rules add-ons. Okay, so, so, so I, I, I am a GURPS liker. I, I am ashamed to say, um, I do like GURPS. <laughs> um, no shame here. Hey, that's that's fine for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> what if I want to get off on it? Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, GURPS, GURPS is, GURPS is the problem with GURPS is that it's not multiple games, right? Mm-hmm. The the problem with it is that it's 
um, too many fucking things all at once. And some of them are just god awful. They're just complete garbage. Um, uh, it, it's it's one of the reasons why I think the the best kind of GURPS game you can play is a superhero game. Um, because you get up to some, all sorts of weird comic nonsense and all sorts of weird. Well, this guy's a wizard and that guy has a laser gun, and you just <laughs> <laughs> that is what fight. superheroes are. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, superheroes are a fucking mess, just like GURPS. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, it's, there's like an interesting dichotomy back to like your original point where there are a lot of players of games that are maybe hesitant to learn new games. And then there's like the, the weirdos. Uh, I say that lovingly cause I'm in this group that like oh, yeah. love all, all kinds of different games and just willingly start playing different games. And like the very idea, I mean the chance exploding with, mm-hmm. <laughs> with people saying that they just love, playing different games linking to each other. And that's like a completely separate world from the people that are like, well, I don't really want to learn a new game. And so, yeah. How do you like I, I in, think... including it all in one game is cool. Cause like I would love that, but yeah, I, I, that's just an interesting line to walk. Yeah. I think, I think friends of the table has done a lot to sort of like push that towards like, like mainstream stuff in the the sort of like broader audience since since they are like one of the most popular actual play podcasts and they do take multiple games and use them in the same world mm-hmm. um to like have various different lenses on it um uh that like they can do because there's like a lot of stuff and things you know podcast episodes yeah yeah. yeah. And a podcast is just a book. <laughs> I don't know why that got I me. think uh I think uh this I had an interview with Kevin Wynn uh last year on DYD and Kevin kind of opened me up to the concept of or the terming of modal games. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think to speak to the earliest part of this conversation where you talked about how, you know, like the the non-combat and the combat sort of feel divorced from each other in D&D and how there is also a side of this uh, spectrum that is resistant to learning multiple games at one time. I think in the approach for Umbral Dive or potentially in the approach for like multi-system games... Yeah. Um, I think it's also like cool if you came at it from like a modularity standpoint. So if I have mm-hmm. like a five mechanic game, a five system game, quote unquote, I'm quoting for the podcast listeners later. Uh, if I had overworld mechanics, faction mechanics, RP mechanics, player facing combat mechanics, and then GM facing combat mechanics, I think as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about writing them in such a way that they are not tied to one another so that if you, and I like if I ripped from different inspirations, like let's say I took the storytelling of, oh, like RP of, of, of belonging outside belonging, right? If it's just a token yeah, yeah. system, right? But my tactical combat is like a, uh, just making it up like a D20 system, right? You should be able to, I think you should be able to say, 
I don't really like tactical combat, but I love the setting that ties all of these different systems together. Let's play in this, but not combat. And that shouldn't affect the game at large, yeah. I think is, is what I am vibing with. Mm -hmm. I think this is part of why people like the OSR. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. one of the sort of like marketing points for the OSR, right, is all these like modular things that can all connect with each other and things like that. And like, mm -hmm. it doesn't actually work like that in, in practice. And <laughs> and it's, it is a very limited framework. And as far as how these sort of modular things do like connect together. Um, but I think like actually doing that as opposed to just sort of doing it for marketing purposes, um, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, like the OSR does, uh, I think would be great, Jeremy. I'd love to see you do that. Yeah. Oh, you will. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Combat, coming to you soon. <laughs> hey. All right. All right. Uh, you want me to leave? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but before you leave, why, you know, if people don't know who you are or want to, like, learn more about you, Adira, why don't you just give a little sign-off here for yourself? Sure, yeah. I'm Adira Slattery. Um, uh, you can find me by Googling Adira Slattery. Uh, go fuck yourself. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Thanks for calling Monday in. Morning to... That's January <laughs> no, oh 24th. God. Whoa. <laughs> Very good. Um. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <gasps> All right, we've got another caller in the queue. Bringing in Aaron Lim. Hello. Thanks for calling the Tabletop Calling Show. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Good. Hello. I was, wait I was waiting to Gassed see if Jeremy up. would respond. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just another thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm actually just gonna like like keep the the multi game thing rolling because that's really interesting. That's that's something that I think is in the air, so to speak. Yeah. Feels like a, a continuation of a bunch of like design trends from from Firebrands, which is like often touted mm -hmm. as like a collection of mini games. Um, popularity of like blades being like all the 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 separation of the phases of play, mm -hmm. um, and potentially like just like stuff like bringing a lot more like board game influences in as mm -hmm. well because a lot of board games have like very modular parts of games um where you're like actually doing really different different things and like different parts of the game right um like mechanically different but like still mm -hmm. within the you know you you'll do an auction for one bit and then a worker placement thing for one bit and then there's a, a dice rolling combat thing and then yeah so like it, it, it yeah it feels like you you can, you can um a bunch of like like different things together under one concept um so yeah i'm i'm, I'm keen to hear like like I, I know jeremy you mentioned that you're working on on this uh in in umbral dive right or, or like mm -hmm. something like this are, are, are you are you are you working within that as well adam um no <laughs> <laughs> not really because i think uh for me since my inclination is naturally just to jump between different games, it's not even something mm. I've really th thought about as from a design perspective, um, which now that we're having this conversation, like maybe I will, especially as I eventually try to make, yeah, it, eventually try to make the bell hack where it's like a full 
actual RPG <gasps> and not actual RPG. That's not the right way to say it, but you know what I mean? Like semi trad style game where there's a GM. I haven't really, I mean, Reliance is a GM game, but it's two pamphlets. Uh, so I haven't really made something with a lot of rules yet. Um, and maybe but that would most be most of unturned is, is a GM game, right? Uh, it has, it's like rotating GM. Yeah. Like a, that is like the closest thing to a big, uh, mm. rulesy game. And there are more rules in there than I think I always remember, <laughs> but because <laughs> <laughs> that sort of is a, a breakup of different games. Like there's a small world build, world building game at the beginning and then yeah. there's the adventuring phase and then there's there's basically a forge in the dark downtime. So there are three games in that game. It's just <laughs> not something I ever thought about in that way before. Hmm. Yeah, or even like you said you used follow for for to play within grasping nettles or like mm. like as a continuation of grasping nettles, but that's not, that's nothing that says you can't you <laughs> do no stone unturned for that. You could just like package them together. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Re replace <laughs> the first half of No Stone Unturned with a session of Grasping Nettles, and then you've got locations, you've got factions, jump in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you should you should do a bridging PDF. It's just like, okay, here's how to combine your two <laughs> games together. Yeah. Well, so I think, that's the, I think that's the interesting thing that gets to me a little bit is, like, mm. how do you... And, Jeremy, this might be a question for you since you're thinking about it, but, like, how do you do that because like follow worked specifically because there was a plot line that emerged from grasping nettles that a game like follow that has mechanics for somebody betraying the party as well as mechanics for um it's just a game about a quest but like mm -hmm. if we if a quest didn't emerge clearly on on the note cards of grasping nettles like we never would have played follow we would have played something else maybe a mm. game of fiasco maybe uh, i mean like i said there's a blades in the dark thing so like how do you consider that and like wrap in all of the different possibilities i think it... i think the the wrapper of all those mechanics i think is the most important part for like a multi-system game because mm -hmm. For Umbral Dive, what I'm imagining is that if anyone's played Halo, uh, sort of like that Halo colony thing, uh, I don't know what they're called, the rings? Is that what they're called? Is it called the Halo? Listen, I don't they're know. called Halos, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. So, like, you have, in, in this game, you have the Halo, and the yeah. purpose of the Halo is to contain uh, five planets that smashed together and formed, like, this nebulous space so as like this it the ring contains this big ball of rock and dust and aliens and monsters and stuff and so if if you didn't want to play the adventurers the characters that dive into that space or prevent like uh i call them rising stars instead of falling stars stars that would like run into the halo or escape the space um you could like just sort of see that on the periphery like you could see ships going off and people diving into the thing but you could play like just the faction stuff on the ring if you wanted to and if you didn't want to play the modular 
mechanics that let you engage with like faction or relationship stuff you can just play the tactical like we die we just play adventures that dive in all the time and then we get our rewards then we dive in again like i think the rat the 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 scope of the setting is what wraps the mechanics together Mm -hmm. and then engage it allows you to be immersive in your story types i still think there has to be like some guiding in the setting as well as like what is the theming, right? This is an, an, a fantasy adventure, sci-fi sort of thing. So there's political stuff. There's dive into the cave and fight the monster sort of things. You could like do ancient tech, like the setting could have ancient tech stuff or alien tech stuff that every once in a while falls into the halo. So you have to go find that in destroyed sections of it or something. There's a lot of different like options there in my mind, but I think the key component is is setting. I think whatever you place these mechanics in or are a part of, I think that's the through line instead of like everything needs a D20 role. I think the through line is what's the genre of engagement for this sort of different set of mechanics. Right. That's yeah, just... yeah. God damn. Sorry, I, I was going to say, because like, I, I think, uh, I don't know whether it's it's counterintuitive or not, but like I, I, I actually think the most interesting version of this this idea is one where there's uh, no mechanical through line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that the the pieces of the games should be be able to be played independently, right? And like it benefits like hyper focus on like the specific thing that that one game is trying to do, um, and and you're you're tying in more thematically, um, because I feel like if you try and force it, then everyone thinks of will start to think of the whole thing as like one system, um, yeah. like. And then not realize that oh oh yeah it's actually like parts of a, a interconnected e- ecosystem rather than like a single system, um, mm-hmm. which is like I think more exciting because like it it's a avenue for like collaboration, um, um, rather than like you know like potentially like you know like if you have like say a themed bundle that like hey here's this itch bundle there are four games they kind of tie together thematically and you can use them in a campaign in this certain way right. And that mm-hmm. that encourages you to like like connect with other designers and like look everyone brings in like different things to to the games rather than like always just like one person's view on like how a campaign should go right mm-hmm. I think this is a, a great opportunity to like like collaborate with like other people and and like let's just like jam a bunch of stuff together because I feel I feel like that's part of the the fun of it right It's just like that kind of transgressive fun of like oh we are kind of like jamming things together that feels like they shouldn't work together, but like they, they do in the end. Right. Um, Mm. and yeah, like I, I think I, I posted a link earlier on, like, I think Levi or Levi Connelson on Twitter mentioned like they, they have this, like, um, a bunch of different itch projects, which are separate things, but you could string them together. Uh, and the, the word they use for, for, for it was the open folio. Mm. Um, which is a really cool word because folios are not bound books, right? So like you can you can pull pages out when you need them. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the idea of like a folio game rather than like one book, right? Like the, the text is not like just one bound book. Like it's it's things that can be shifted around and moved and like um, put together in different ways. And and with an open folio is like the idea is that you can you can slot in other games in there. You can slot in mm-hmm. other designers in there, not just like you know, focus on, like, a single vision. Um, yeah, like, that's the thing that, like, makes me me excited about, like, this idea of, like, multi-games is, is 
also because it's less work. <laughs> it's less work. If you don't have to design everything yourself. It's just like, hey, let's you know work with other people. Like, I will yeah. just recommend here are here are four four world building games that work really well with with my adventure game, right? And mm. here are four adventure games that work work really well with my world building game. Um, that that would be like cool to like see happen as well. Yeah, I at, while you were talking and I was thinking and you were talking some more and those all those things were mixing together like <laughs> a beautiful mango pineapple juice. Uh, <laughs> two things came to mind. One, I think what's really interesting about the multi-game system is that or open folio system, whatever the term leaves here today as, you can have buildup, right? So in that previous example, I was like, if you don't want to engage in certain mechanics or re-engage with certain mechanics over and over again, like you just want to do dives the whole time, eventually you might get a player of like, well, what is the what is the Halo doing with all of this dust that we're collecting, right? At some point, you run like three, four, five dives, and then you're like suddenly curious, like, oh well, how do the factions respond, right? So then. You, I think I think what's interesting is that you can stockpile as the game goes on, and then when it reaches like your your personal tables like critical mass, and you're like you get curious about something. I get curious about like this NPC I'm buying a a, a mech from or something like mm. that. Uh, then you engage in the micro level RP mechanics, or if you want to do some inter party stuff, like that's there. So I think it's really interesting. And then the second thing is. Um, having multiple designers come together for a shared universe and put mechanics in that. Like, uh, me, me, me and Adam talk about our games that we're working on often, hence this show, uh, in part. But uh, Adam is really good at the like political faction story side of, of game engagement. And I like, just me and Adam alone, I'm thinking like, okay, so what if Umbral Dive Bell Hacker just two parts of the same thing within the same universe? If that's something <laughs> that like Adam is is vibing with, right? And I don't think I need an answer here on the show publicly <laughs> for everyone. But, uh, you know, that's just one example of like, my strong suit isn't like analyzing Belonging Outside Belonging or Dream Askew or, or PBTA games or something like that, right? So if I found another designer that fit like, hey, I think your thought process on um, overworld travel or like overworld gameplay and how that responds, would you like to partner with me and like make something in this setting, like mechanics that work for this setting? And if that's a rehash of a previous system, that's whatever, like that they've made, or if it's something new that they're inspired to do, also great. But I think uh, it, it has that energy because we're already doing that like the people who are having this conversation today are already mm. sort of doing that where Adam has talked about going from uh, grasping nettles to follow to blades in the dark because these things fit very specific types of engaging very specific zooming ins and outs of the story they're trying to tell um, we've seen that in anthology games but not necessarily as mm, connected is not the word I want to use, but as encapsulated in, in, as like a shared setting sort of thing. Integrated um, almost. Yeah. Inter integrated is a pretty good word. Yeah. Integrated mm. systems. Ooh, I got the tingles on that. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adam emote. Cause cause I think it'd be cool to like form like, like multiple bands. 
you know, rather mm -hmm. than like design teams, it's just like you, you know, sometimes you play in this band, sometimes you play in the other yes. band, yes. right? Uh, a, a lot of like indie bands are like that. <laughs> Yes, yes, um, yes, 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 yes. Like yes, the yes. new the new pornographers is like, oh yeah, like it's kind of like associated acts, right? Destroyer mm -hmm. destroys frontman plays bass or mm -hmm. guitar or something. Like I can't remember. Ted Behar sings on, on new pornographers' tracks and Nico Case goes off and does her own thing and then like sometimes you come together and make an album. Right? Yeah, sometimes yeah. you come together and make an album. <laughs> Let's get the band yeah. together. Let's yeah. There's yeah, I, I, I like blowing out of me right now. <laughs> uh, I, I guess that's 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 all I've got really. So, cool. Well, Aaron, cool. do you have anything uh, to shout about here at the end of your call? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, check out my stuff on itch. I'm uh, e h r o n l i m e Aaron Lime. Uh, dot itch dot io. Uh, I've been playtesting uh, Spectres of Broken full cover, which is uh, mm -hmm. uh, not really. It's it's kind of mini gamesy. It's 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 uh, my plan is that it's kind of three connected mini games in mm -hmm. one. Um, uh, uh, yeah, so it's it's not really what we are talking about, but like it's more like you know, there's there's different phases to the game, and each phase has adds on like different mechanics. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's about young mech pilots uh, getting to know each other at an academy, and then you fast forward several years later, and they are ace pilots with their own custom mechs fighting each other. I think both of you have playtested different variations of this at mm -hmm, some point. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, that's that's the big thing I'm working on this year. So yeah, check that out. Cool, will do. Cool. It's very good. If you need, <laughs> if you the the viewer need, uh, you know, a second opinion, I liked it a lot whenever I played it. <laughs> I also cool. liked it a lot. Words are cool. All right. All right. Yeah, cool. See ya. Thank you. See you later. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Bye bye. Bye. All right. It's good. We didn't even plan a topic today. We kind of got one. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I'm engaged with it. <laughs> I'm engaged. <laughs> Look at us. We're engaged. We've got another caller. You know that? Yeah, I saw that. Wow. Wow. Hi. And who is it other than? Welcome back to the Tabletop Calling Show. It's me, Will Yopes. It's so great to be back. Hell yeah. Hey, you two, what's up? <laughs> hey, isn't Aaron just such a delight to listen to? It's <laughs> <So> like <laughs> sitting in the queue, just just looking at my microphone like, what the fuck am I going to say? Like, I don't need nothing. Aaron leaves it all up there. You know? Yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what's new? What's happening? Um, here we are. We are. What is new? That yeah, I haven't already happening? said. There's got to be something new that I haven't already brought up today. I mean, Snowing. has anybody given you kind of a Kickstarter pep talk yet for tomorrow? You know, no. like, do not go quietly into the night, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has. No. I'm, I'm going in blind. <laughs> Mm, yeah, well, just not blind, buckle up, buddy. <laughs> Lace it on the clown shoes, and it'll be it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. You're gonna do great. Um, so we are talking about on this episode of the Tabletop Collins Show, games smashing together, games that are two games, games that are multiple games, and you know what? The games 
uh, in parentheses S jam is going on right now where people are smashing games together, see what comes out. So I think anybody who's interested in this wants to explore this area, definitely check that out. I can post a link in the, uh, yeah. in the chat when I'm done, but, um, there's already, uh, Adam did a submission already. Um, it's, it's great. Everyone check out the jam. I mean, it's obviously a topic I'm really interested in. Torque the RPG being a fifty-fifty uh, clean split kind of game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, two pieces of a game that don't want anything mechanically to do to each other, but have everything to do narratively with each other. Um, so it's a design space that it's really exciting to hear people talk about. Yeah, I think that the revelation. I think Aaron probably somebody said it. It was either Aaron or Jeremy. It wasn't me. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> The through line should be, maybe it was a hero. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The through line should be purely like thematic, not mechanical. Mm-hmm. I think that's super interesting because that means that you're like just pulling on your narrative inclination as players, which is mm-hmm. something I've been kind of harping about with like Legend Has It is that people are just naturally good storytellers. So like they'll figure out the through line. Yeah. We're storytellers. Truly. Human kind of beings see patterns and stories. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of the three-act structure? Have you ever heard of the hero's journey? Uh, I Yeah, I love that. Um, I love the hero's journey. <laughs> I love the abyss. <laughs> I love this racer shit. I, would, I want to um, return with the elixir, please. I got to get the elixir, dude. Uh, but... I uh, I like the idea of selecting you know where the through line is, and I like the idea of not having any kind of through line at all. I think that we came into this era of game design, this kind of specifically indie design, as a response to extremely elegant systems. Your fates, your D and D is elegant. Sorry, I'm gonna say it. Um, okay. But I like uh, sloppy, weird, clumsy stuff in mm-hmm. my my media habits, uh, the video games I like, the RPGs I like to play, things that don't work well together, and that is part of the charm and part of the kind of mechanical reconnection that you make to a game and narrative reconnection. So it's just another, you know, having elegance be a slider instead of a goal what if I made this game quappy as hell mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you are face down at the Olympics because you forgot how to run. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Give me the a big clunky firebrands formatted pile of games and I'll like, quap uh, my way through it. Look at Captain Sonar, for example, mm. which is a 4v4 live battleship game where everyone has a different job. Mm. Uh, it's my favorite game, I think. Uh, and that is you're basically all pushing a car that keeps on having the doors fall off. <laughs> like, <laughs> And it is such a blast. And that has a lot going for it um, just with you know being a piece of beautiful design, but also being extremely messy and sloppy and mean and weird i just got a little bit uh mad at myself <laughs> i forgot about captain sonar in that in that time where people were hanging out i definitely had eight people in my home in the past at some point and i didn't play captain sonar 
Christ. was walking through a Gen Con and uh, going incognito just through the game hall, just peering at things, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> as you might. Uh, and we came across people playing Captain Sonner, never seen it before because you could hear them before you could see them because people just screaming at each other because they're surfacing. And uh, um, if those of you who are not familiar, like I said, it's Battleship, but it's four on four and everyone has a different job and it's live. So you are submarines underground trying to sink the other sub, trying to figure out where they are, trying to listen to what the other team is saying using um, transparency paper to track movements and to shoot torpedoes and to lay mines. And uh, it's a it's a panic attack. And it's really good. (laughs) It's so good. Sounds amazing. Yeah. And that just that inspiration of having not only, you know, we have asynchronous play all the time with all of our RPGs, I think, mm-hmm. uh, even considering what you're going to do during the next session in a campaign is a game. Games like yeah. Invisible Sun make that part of the rules. Um, no comment. But that's <laughs> in, in war games, painting a mini is a sort of game uh, that you play with yourself and yeah. just making those pieces well, a yeah, that's these all go together, whether or not it's at the table happening live. Mm-hmm. 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 So my question is, what two games would you two smush together? What are yeah. we smushing? I've already done. So yeah, you mentioned that I smushed to, I already did a, a games jam submission where I smushed code names and kind of the quiet year. Yeah. Together, uh, which just really came out of nowhere for me. Um, that is uh, impetus and omen. Yeah. So that's my first answer is that I've done code uh, code names map drawing game, which I have I, been smushing. <laughs> what I've done with that is I printed out a copy and just shoved it into my code names box, and I'm hoping sometime in the distant future when somebody pulls that out to play, they're like, "What the heck is this?" And then they play that instead. <laughs> Beautiful. Is there a game that does like location? Like betrayer things. What is that called? Location betrayer game. Location betrayer game. Sounds yeah, like you that. set location cards on the table that everyone can see, and everyone has a card that shows you like what location everyone's supposed to be at, except for the off agent. And at some point, you all select the location at the same time, uh, or declare what it is on like an index card or something, and then the like using context clues. Mm-hmm. The betrayer has to like figure out what location everyone's supposed to meet at. Mm-hmm. Is that? Are you kind of? It sounds like you're describing a c- more complicated version of Spyfall. Oh, is it Spyfall? I think it might be Spyfall. Spyfall is the one Spyfall. where Spyfall all is, but one is person. Exactly yes. Okay. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's Spyfall. Yeah, all but one person know where the location is, and they take turns asking each other bizarre questions. To prove yeah, that they yeah, know where yeah. they are, and one person's like, "Well, what are you talking about?" But has to yeah, pretend I don't that know they what know. You're it's fun. Are you mashing yeah. Spyfall with something? No, Spyfall's no, no. That, I, uh... Your game made me think about that. Uh, <laughs> your Spyfall's that up. James Bond, Adele thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Correct. In the house at the end of the shog. Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, I think that I would combine some combination of like 
Give me two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> I just have like a chef. The, Did everyone know that? Just like the coffee and orange juice I had at the beginning of the show. I'm gonna... Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> See? Look, I feel my heart burning from he- even hearing that combination. <laughs> what is yeah, that? yeah. It's like the, the blood from the sword. xenomorph just <laughs> passing through my body. Uh, something, something, but not necessarily like Iron Sworn plus like D and D fourth edition specifically. I think okay. that would be. I think that would be some. I'm a you know I'm a skirmish tactical junkie. So you're going ambitious. one of those. Is, one of my choices are gonna be that. I'm taking two huge games. I know no limits. That's I have no cap on my potential. <laughs> Too big to fail. Yeah, truly. That's what everyone, if you're working on a giant project that seems to have no end, remember, too big to fail. Too big to fail. Just keep on adding. <laughs> Just keep bolting on and eventually some something will shape. I think I definitely oh, would, sh- and I know... I would definitely take some sort of social deduction game, board game, and some sort of tabletop game and mash those together. I think that would be my next thing. But that's because I love social deduction games. I know that's not a universal take, but the official position of the Tabletop Colin show is that they're good. These games are pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, I like them. Yeah, you got to make games for you. What the hell? Yeah, what the hell? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Um, um, what, what would you do, Will? Yeah. What oh, are your two me? I think I would pick maybe a light uh, modular tactical game, maybe on like a three by three grid representing kind of a pack of cars or road. And I would kind of blend that with a very character driven, scene driven uh, sort of you know, freeform role-playing game where it's GMless uh, along with the tactical piece, but it's kind of a uh, f- ebb to the flow of the road. Um, just off the top of my head. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is there any chance that that is a thing that's real? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm literally staring down the barrel of an export uh, loading bar uh, to send <laughs> to Mixum.com for the eighth fucking time in the last uh, three days. No. So, um, yeah. Um, Torque coming soon. Uh, you can find it for pre-order at goodluckpress.co. Great. Yeah, you, know? you can also hear a little bit about it on the Dry Your Dice podcast. <gasps> And uh, no spoilers, but maybe we'll have a revisit uh, when it's mm. done and mm. we can, you know, compare and contrast. I did a, a PDF walkthrough with Spencer Campbell on the Coffee Break uh, episode yesterday. On mm. I think the VOD's up now, so you can check it out. But I'm almost free of this prison I've made for myself, this uh-huh. roll cage of my own. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... Harking back to the beginning of the show where, Will, you in the chat said that it's fine, that it took a year. It's not that I'm worried about the consumer end of me taking a year. I just don't want to be trapped in there again. <laughs> you know, I uh, it, when I was in the dregs of this project, I remember something you said, which was, this is a hobbyist project. And I would not take this on right now. I would not make this work for myself. 
mm. present day. But it started conceptually there and being true to the vision and making it what it wants to be is worth that allegedly. Allegedly. I think it will be, at least as somebody who wants to hold it and read it. Yeah. yeah make it absolutely. hard though. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to start ramping up the show here. Thank you, of course, for calling in, continuing our discussion of many games. That was Thanks, nice. bye. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do we got, uh, Jeremy? What do we got to fill out the last six minutes besides just saying thanks by ourselves? <laughs> well, uh, whoop, whoop. first of all, thank you to everyone who's participating in the chat. Uh, I could read all these names. I might. I'm going to. I'm going to. I can maintain You're that as a, as a micro-influencer. It'll take like two minutes. I have a thought for you. I have an interesting social deduction thought for you. Great. Uh, I want to hear it. But uh, thank you, Aaron Lim, for being here, and Dice Ghost, and Eli. Adira, thanks for being a first-time uh, chatter and call-inner. Uh, Will Yopes. Uh, thanks for being here. Floating chair. Mm, Adam Bell, you said call in one time, so thank you for being in the chat. You got it. Fictive fun. Hydro Forge. Oh. Dan Phipps, I know, showed up. Aegon F is here. Foremost Grub 9. Cherry Drop Rue. And. Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling. Jason Bostwick. Raph D'Amico. Uh, and that's it. Hello, that's everyone. It. Thank hi, you for being everybody. here today. Yeah. <laughs> hi, great. everyone. Um, uh, I did not say bye yet. Do uh, we want to... Uh, <laughs> Jerry, you mentioned Hot Seat at the very beginning oh, yeah. of the show. Perhaps we can tease what's happening next week. Because, of course, sure. next week is the fifth Monday of January. We're once again saddled with this curse that we've set upon ourselves that the fifth Monday is a special show. Uh, first and first and third Monday is the talk show. Second and fourth is the call-in show. That's today. Fifth Monday is bonus. And what we're going to do is we're, we're doing a pilot of a new show that uh, we kind of came up with, which is the tabletop hot seat. And, and what the tabletop hot seat is going to be is we're going to do two episodes essentially because uh, one Jeremy's going to be in the hot seat and one I'm going to be in the hot seat. And the hot seat is where you have 10 minutes to show the coolest part of your game and like run through a demo of it with the, you know, the host of the show. So Jeremy's going to run me through a 10 minute demo of Umbral Dive uh, and then we'll talk about it. And then I'll run Jeremy through a 10 minute demo of something. I don't know what, probably mm -hmm. the bell hack. Uh, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. So the idea yeah, is yeah, to yeah. try to get a designer to hone their, their brain mode into what would be super useful at a convention uh, to demo the game and, and show somebody what's cool about it uh, so that they want it. Yeah. Yeah. And making it as tight as possible. Uh, and not in like a pressured way, but just like, so Basically, what me and Adam are doing that is if the hot seat continues, we'll be bringing on other people who are interested to do such a thing um, as a sort of like exercise in getting your pitch down, essentially. Mm. Um, 
and you know i think i think there's some some use in that i think there's some use in that at the very least i think it'll be entertaining because like the main way that we have to do a demo of our games is to do an actual play and that's like two to four hours of mm-hmm. of gameplay that somebody would have to walk walk through whereas this would be here's like a half hour total show 10 minutes is the real juicy stuff and then you can move yeah. on yeah yeah and you yeah. obviously won't get the full picture but like you don't need the full picture you just need that little taste it's a taste it's a taster yeah uh yeah. social deduction thought at the end of the show here for you adam mm-hmm. so uh we've played social we've played at least blood on the clock tower together and we both mm. each played our own individual cool social deduction games and typically the structure of a social deduction typically i'm not saying that's true of all games but it's usually the uninformed majority and the well-informed minority would you say that's true like as a as a structural thing yeah cool i thought about this the other day to the well, like falls the opposite but keep going Yes, by far it's the opposite. <laughs> uh, the um, the style of D and D like DMing, where the like it's the suboptimal meta thing uh, of you're not supposed to know what the monster can do, mm-hmm. so like you have to make suboptimal choices against it or like non like meta playing. I think it's interesting that those are the same correlation that the players are the uninformed majority, but the GM is the well-informed minority. There's like a social deduction structure there in that style. I just found it interesting. I was thinking about the other day. Hmm. Yeah. The GM's the traitor. Yeah. The GM's the traitor. (laughs) You could just say that we get what we want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that is an interesting corollary because like everybody knows who the GM is. There's no secret GM, but like yeah, yeah. There's definitely some some interplay between how the game is structured in that way. Yeah, just food for thought for everyone. Just, Think about that. Just a little, just a little nugget of, of yeah. thinking about for at the end of the show because we just hit the top of the hour and I think it's time for us to get out of here. This has been the Tabletop Colin Show. I think we did a good job today after we resolved my, uh, we're going to call it technical difficulties. It was pure user error all the way through, but, you know, we got there. <laughs> I've been yeah. Adam Bell. Find me on Twitter at Adam e. Bell. Go back, Legend has it, on Kickstarter tomorrow at kickstarter.adamebell.games. I'm going to hit the go button at 11 a.m. Eastern time, so be there if you want one of those coveted early backer spots. Jeremy? Uh, I've been Jeremy Gage. You can find me at Jeremy Gage Five over on Twitter. You can listen to the Draw Your Dice podcast, which can which can also be found at Draw Your Dice Pod, also on Twitter. And look forward to the combat game version of Umbral Dive. Cool. All right. Um, I'm gonna send us to the break. Take it easy, everybody. Have a good rest of your Monday, uh, etc. Bye. 